So I'm so excited to teach you this morning. Um, I, I'm, I've been studying for literally like the past two weeks. Uh, Pastor Martin taught last week, and he really set like the tone and the timbre for this sermon series. So I'm really excited to start part, part two. If you're ready for part two, clap once. Here we go. Can you read this with me? We're going to go um, to Luke 2, 51 through 52. I'm so excited for this word. I've been studying this for a minute, but I've been living it for a while. So I'm really excited. Here we go. Luke 2:51, New Living Translation. And it says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. This is Jesus. Jesus as a little boy. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Can you read with me? And his mother stored all these, somebody say things, where? In her heart. Verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in and in and in and Jesus is growing in three different areas. And if we as mature kingdom citizens don't grow in these three different areas, it will be impossible for us to make any type of change in the world. I'm trying, I want to make this so practical. Is it okay, is it okay if I teach you this morning? Y'all pull the out of me. I really want to make sure you get this concept this morning. Is that all right? I don't want you to miss it. So it says what? Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with both God and all people. Today, I'm really excited. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell them uh, my, my title this morning. Look at your neighbor and say 100 proof. 100 proof. Now, for those of you in the seats that are starting to uh, sweat a little bit, I'm not necessarily talking about alcohol, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about a, a, a concept. Uh, with any good thing in our lives that we like to use, some, can somebody say this four-letter word? It's a curse word in the kingdom of God, um, in religion. It's a curse word in the religion, but in kingdom, it's something that really helps us out. Can, can you say this four-letter curse word called process? which means that if anything is worth doing, it's gonna take a couple of things, which is like time and, and practice and things of that nature. Um, there's this concept when it comes to 100 proof uh, that I was talking uh, with my grandfather about a couple of weeks ago. So where we're from, um, we like to put stuff in jars. Doesn't matter what it is, pig feet, eggs, greens, pears, pickles, okra. If you mess up with us, we'll put some fish bones in a, in a jar, pickle that thing, and it'll be the best thing you've ever had because we're resourceful. But whenever you put something in a jar or whenever you put something in your body, how many of you guys know that the person that manufactured it, that, process, that thing had to go through a process? The water that you drink has to go through a process. Even the vaccine that some of us are getting, it had to go through a process. If you skip the process, you can cause damage to the people that you're trying to become in contact with. So when we look at this concept calling something 100 proof, everything in your house had to have sat for a period of time in order to prove itself. The best oils in the world, like the ones that don't burn, like grapeseed oil and avocado oil, literally sits on an average of three to five years proving before you use it to cook. Why? Because the manufacturer knows the longer that I let this sit, the more effective it will be in the long run. That's why there's a difference between going and get a burger at McDonald's, no, no shame, I know one of y'all eating a McMuffin right now, like, bro, I, I got you, don't worry. There's a difference in going and having a $1 cheeseburger at McDonald's and taking a 35-minute drive to Kansas City and having a $250 burger that's made out of Wagyu. Why? The process is different. But the process that God uses in the kingdom to prove us is this word called purpose. But we have had this misconception that God speaks to us, we find our purpose, and we go right to work. But we don't give God the time to process our gift. So now that we're living in a world that loves McDonald's, I want it now. You told me who I am, God. I, you showed me who I am 10 years from now. So therefore, I'm going to cut that process in half and not wait the 10 years learning and reading the book and making sure I do a good job and failing and trying again. I'm going to go and try to chase platform before I try to practice. And we will charge people our gift at Wagyu prices with a process 
that tastes like $1.99. Then we'll get upset when they don't want to pay the price for something that went through a process and we cheated ourselves out of the weight. There's a reason why this word weight is in the Bible 250 times. And guess what? Look at your neighbor. Say, it's in red. <laughs> you know what that means? That means that Jesus said it. But the difference in between the religion and the kingdom is that they're total opposites. Religion says things like this. Religion says, uh, uh, if I tarry long, basically means what? If I pray hard enough, God will move. Making you believe that your prayers move God rather than proving to God that he is God and wants to work on your behalf. So we'll work in religion thinking that our prayers make God go, oh, oh I guess I got to get to work. And we don't know the process of prayer. Religion will also um, um, say a couple other things. Uh, re religion will make you believe that if you live right, you'll make it to heaven. Because you lived correctly. God's like, you live correctly and that's how it works. But actually, how many of you know that from the time that you give your life to Christ to the time that you die, there is this thing called a process. Remember when you gave your heart to Christ the first time? You were on fire. For me, that was almost every summer at summer camp. Because, you know, as a kid, you'd be, trying to, you'd be trying to figure it out. A new Lil Wayne track came out, and I was like, I can't be saved. Listen to this. So, like, I'll, you know, okay. And when we begin to, when we begin to cut the process out of our life that God wants for us, we begin to dilute the product that he wanted for us to give to the world. The more time that we cut off on the process that God gave us, the more potent we will be when the lights actually come on and we're actually on stage. This is the reason why we have people that are one-hit wonders. They write an amazingly fire song, but they don't have the gift to write an album. Okay. This is why certain people in the finals are not going to touch the ball at all. Because you had what it took to make it through 82 games. But these last seven, you can't touch the ball. Because everything you did in the last 82 games was luck. And you weren't with us in the gym. It's the difference why the person at your job got the, you know, they got the promotion, but now you don't hear much from them. The job that you said you wanted, the promotion that you said God wanted for you. And what we can begin to do as Christians in religion is try to rush the timing of God, but God doesn't live in time. Religion will say certain things like God is always on time. He might not be there when you want him, but he's always right on time. But wait a minute. How can we say that he's a good father and he doesn't show up when we need him? So we can literally begin to create Christian schizophrenics that will practice something here, but not even know how to live it out in their personal life. But the longer that you allow something to sit, the more it begins to take on the properties of the manufacturer. Okay. The longer that I let this sit on the shelf, it'll taste better, it'll last better, the color will change. And if I let it sit down long enough, I won't have to make any more bottles. I can just take a little bit from this one and begin to mass produce. Your life is only as good as what God can produce out of it. You're not, you're too big for your family. Okay. You're too big. Your business, we have 100,000 customers. There are 6.7 trillion people on earth. But I love my little life. Can we destroy something? God did not create smaller G gods like us. If we come from God, that means that we are just like him. He did not create us to have small dominion. The thing about the kingdom is that my domain and your domain will always overlap. But since we don't own it, we'll never fight for what's ours. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a piece of your own pie. Is this good? So let's look at the word proof. Let's, I want, I want to under, we want to understand this word, proof. We want to understand what it means. Proof is a trial of time given to an element to produce qualities that promote growth. 
If at the end of your waiting and your process you have not grown, it's not that you didn't wait. The question is, how were you waiting during the wait? Okay, all right. Um, because in the word of God in red, it says, I will patiently wait. But in religion, what we'll do is we'll become frustrated with God and we will sarcastically wait. Well, I guess God doesn't want me to have it. What he said 10 years ago isn't different. He just wants to know how are you going to wait? So our concept of this word waiting, we think that it's about a period of time. But to God, waiting is about the posture of your heart. How are you waiting? Look at you, say, how are you waiting? God said that you're going to get married. Wherever he is, I'm going to wait, Lord. So as you are frustrated, yeah, you, sis, you, while you're stank face, in your wait, buddy has seen you multiple times. I'm just waiting on God. And now in your wait, there has now produced this thing called bitterness. But what if your wait, I'm teaching this morning already. What if your wait were to change? God told you that you were going to get married. Well, if I'm not married now, that means at the same time that I'm waiting, God is also proving him. Maybe the longer I wait for him, the more qualities of God he will. So you know what? Hey, girl, you want to go on a blind date? No, I'm, 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 I'm waiting. At some restaurants, you'll get a seat faster based on how you wait. Excuse me, Dan. Oh, we've been here for 10, 15 minutes. And by you sitting and waiting, excuse me, um, it's happened to us all the time. Now, mind you, we're really generous, not just here. We be slipping 20s. Like, listen, we got to eat now. We hungry. (laughs) But look at your neighbor. Say, it's not what you're waiting for. It's how you wait. Because God doesn't move quickly based off of our frustration. God doesn't see you frustrated and say, like, man, I should probably hurry this up. Because God is literally at the end of time calling you forward. So when we say, God, I'm trying to get three months ahead, God's saying, if you skip the timeline, there was a car crash that you weren't supposed to hit because I had you studying in the basement. But if you want the blessing now, you can have it. And then we'll go to this period of what we used to wait for. We're asking God to lift out of our hands. Somebody say 100 proof. The longer you allow it to sit, maybe the better quality it will be in your life. Religion promotes this life of rushing. Do it quick. Do it fast. If God doesn't move, then girl, that means that you should probably run out here and do it yourself. And we'll begin to do our entire lives backtracking, trying to figure out where God is because we missed our mark. One of the biggest disadvantages of new knowledge is growing up in church. One of the biggest hindrances is religion. Because it tells you how to think about old things with your mind right now. But God's word is changing all the time. And if you become extremely stagnant on how God's voice sounded two weeks ago, his voice is always changing. So sometimes in our lives, we can think that God isn't speaking, but his dialect has changed. What he's speaking through has changed. Let's go through the word. Let's look at this word called potential. I want you to write this down. Write this down. The enemy of my purpose is my potential. I want you to understand something. Jesus fulfilled his purpose. He did not fulfill his potential. (laughs) Religion says things like follow your heart. But the word of God says that your heart is fickle. Religion says things like follow that feeling. But the word of God says that your emotions are like this all the time. So what do we begin to put? Y'all are listening for real, for real this morning, huh? Okay. What do we put our mark on? We put it on our potential. And then what we will do is we will think because we can do something that we're supposed to go and chase it. And we will begin to waste all of our lives chasing things that we can be and never become who we were called to be. Yes, you can go to law school, but God called you to be a doctor. And yes, you can become successful being a lawyer, 
But you, you, you could be amazing, find the wife, have all the money, even have peace in your heart, but still have not finished the purpose that God had in your life. So when we're looking at this thing called the kingdom of God, and when we're looking at losing our religion, we have to understand that who you can be does not matter to God. God only cares about who he has called you to be. Let's look at the word potential. Potential is having or showing the capacity to become or develop into something in the future. The problem with potential is that it paints a picture of who you will become if you do all the work to get there. And ever since the fall of man in heaven, we have been working way too hard. The reason why you're tired, the reason why we don't have energy to actually go after the things of God is because when Adam fell, the only thing that he worried about wasn't about getting the glory. He was, he, this is what he said, I'm going to work as hard as I can to get back into Eden. But he never thought about maybe I should wait and hear what the voice of God is out here. The problem about being kicked out of Eden wasn't that he was now unholy. God was still with him. It's just that his voice changed. And instead of trying to work to hear the voice of God, he started trying to work to get back into a place that he couldn't get back into. For a lot of us in our lives, we're doing the wrong work for the wrong reward. Toiling is what the word of God said. Working, using your nine to five as a buffer between God's grace. Saying that if I keep working, then I will be able to pursue the life that God purposed me for. And God says that if you pursue purpose, you won't have to pursue anything, and then you won't have to work. So this cycle is backwards, and I'm hoping that today through the word of God, we're going to be able to, like, work it backwards. Is that all right? Here we go. Luke 2, 41 through 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to where? Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, how old? 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth. Somebody say, but Jesus was out here being ignorant. No, I'm just kidding. Jesus was just being a 12-year-old boy. Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they did what? Assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up when? That evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and their friends. Success in the kingdom is impossible without understanding your purpose. Here we go. Point number one. The shortest route to what he showed you is through things that you don't want to do. The, sh the shortest route to get from where you are to what God told you in your life. The, the, sh the, the shortest route. Now, the world tells us that the, that the shortest route between two different points is what? A straight line. But that's not true because God created time, space, linear diameter, and all of those types of things so that we could understand it. But in order for us to understand how the kingdom works, we have to understand that how we live, God lives outside of our reality. If God, if God was contained by numbers, he wouldn't be God. If he was contained by nationality and race, he couldn't be God. If he was contained by democracy... If he was contained by politics, he couldn't be God. In order for the kingdom life to work, you have to be serving somebody that is not submitted to the system that you're in. That's the only way that it works. That's the reason why it is impossible for man to lead you to Christ because we're in the same system we're teaching you about. Y'all don't want to hear that. You want to think that the pastor is high and mighty. No, the same system that I'm teaching you, if I don't practice it, I will fail myself. So the quickest way to get to what God has shown you is to actually go through things that you don't want to do. So what are the things that Christians don't want to do? We don't want to be patient. Don't you dare teach no sermon about waiting. Don't you dare teach no sermon about going backwards. Don't you dare, don't you, I don't want to hear no more prayer. I'm ready because, you know, our word of the year this year is manifest. But how many of you guys know that manifestation and waiting actually go hand in hand? Because you can't manifest anything that you haven't meditated on. Okay, all right. God can't bring forth anything in your mind that's not already there. That's the reason why your husband hasn't shown up, because you don't even know what he looks like in here yet. 
He's tall, dark, and handsome. Okay, so you cut down the population by half. There's still 3.6 billion men. And like. So maybe the reason why God wants us to wait is because he wants us to have a clearer look of what we want with our spiritual eye before we actually see it with our physical. But the quicker that we as Christians, the quicker that we as kingdom citizens start to fall in love with the things that we don't like to do, maybe we would see the manifestation of the power of God more quickly. Here we go. Point number two. Purpose problem begins with its presentation of potential. Purpose problem. The problem with purpose, this is, this is the problem with purpose, is that it begins its presentation with who you can be. And we can chase who we can be for the rest of our lives and never become who we're called to be. Luke 2, 45 through 47. When they couldn't find him, who? Remember, Jesus' parents are looking for him. And where is he? He's in the synagogue. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Read this with me, please. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the who? Religious leaders. Can, can we get my uh, scriptures up, please? Talking to the religious leaders, listening to them and asking them questions. All who heard him were, can you say amazed? amazed. At his understanding and his answers. Now, let's, let, let's look at this, right? So Jesus is the son of God. He was given to Mary as a baby, right? Mary says, hey, I'm pregnant. Joseph says, I don't know how because you know we, you know, we, we, we you know. So who you been with? And she's like, no, I was with Jesus. Well, who, who was Jesus? No, Jesus, that, that's, that's the name of the baby on the inside of me. Oh, okay, sure. So Joseph was probably like, I'm going to wait nine months and see what happens. And if I see anybody that resembles dude that comes out of her, like we're going we gonna to throw hands. But Mary and Joseph have a baby. And then Jesus is the son of God. And he's in the synagogue doing the right thing in the right place, but at the wrong time. I am the, I am the son of God sent down to earth to save you, but because I am 12 years old, you think that I'm disqualified. So I'm in the right place in the synagogue doing the right thing, which is helping you understand that this thing called religion doesn't work. But you think that I'm doing it at the wrong time because of my age. And we can begin to use religion to begin to dismantle the voice of God and people that are under the age of 30. If Jesus said to come to me, all of you that are heavy laden, and he also said to come to me like little children, doesn't that mean that God can also use children to speak his word? So Jesus is in the synagogue, and his mother comes and asks him, what? What, what are you doing? It says in Luke 2, 48 through 50, it says that his parents didn't know what to think. What did they say? Son, his mother said to him. Why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search for me, Jesus says? Like, why are you, you knew what it was when your stomach started getting rounded. Like, you knew, you knew who I was. You knew who I was. That's why you got to be very careful what you call your children before you conceive them, because you're going to get what you asked for. I want a strong-willed child. Are you sure? I want to be strong and bodacious. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. When Jesus is in the synagogue, he's 12 years old. Jesus' mother says what? Come on, let's go home. And we don't hear from Jesus for another 18 years. The son of God, God made flesh. He's going to do a whole bunch of different miracles. But because of his obedience to the process, Jesus himself waits for 18 years. And we as believers can't wait for 18 minutes. I think the funniest thing about this concept is that when God asks us to wait through, through Jesus, he's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already subjected himself to. Well, God, you don't know how much I burn with desire. Jesus is like, I waited for 18 years, and I didn't have to think about potential. I knew who I was. 
So maybe purpose is more so focused not on what you are going to do, but who you're becoming in the process of waiting. Religion's about getting to heaven. Maybe the kingdom is about God, I'm going I'm to wait on you. Yes, I know that I'm powerful. And yes, I know I have the words to destroy my family members in this moment at Thanksgiving. But God, I'm going to hold my tongue and hold my peace. Because strength under control actually helps save other people. It's the person in the room that doesn't say anything when people are hurtling stuff at them. That's the person that's powerful. It's the person that actually writes the $100 million check here in Omaha that you don't know the name of and is okay with somebody else getting the credit because they understand something. Maybe the longer I wait, it won't be my name that gets the glory. Maybe the problem will be taken care of. So Jesus is sitting there in the synagogue. He is the son of God, but he still submits to his mother. I am God inside of man. But in this thing here on earth, I have to submit myself to a process. Which means that whatever we want to do here on earth, God can't just make it happen. He has to submit himself to the process. What is the process, Pastor Josh? Wherever two or three of you touch or agree, I'm there. Is that what he says? If, if you loose it on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. And if you, un, if you let it go in heaven, I'll let it go in the earth. So maybe the process of waiting isn't waiting for God to do something. Maybe God is actually waiting on us. Maybe as we start to sing those songs religious, I love them. Like, I'm going to wait on you. And God's like, I've been waiting for two millennia. Like, what do we... What are we waiting for? Somebody write this down. Purpose requires a period of patience. It's difficult to answer the questions as you're running. It's difficult to wait on God when you're trying to make sure that your pockets are full by your, by your own power. One of the biggest four letter, is this good? We all right? Y'all leaning in? Okay. All right. Okay. Y'all leaning in. So I just want to make sure we're all right. One of the worst words that you will ever hear in your life is the word work. W-O-R-K. Because we will begin to use all of our energy, our time, and our resources chasing something that is running faster away from us than we can to catch up to it. Write this down, please. Maybe if it's running away from you, it was never meant to be caught. It's the reason why in the kingdom we don't chase a dollar because the dollar will always be faster than who I am. But if I use my purpose, I can actually create tricks that trap money everywhere that I'm at. The kingdom is not about chasing and running around. It's about staying still, waiting, and allowing stuff to come back to you. Because as you wait, you preserve your energy. As you wait, you preserve your mental health. The point of religion is to have you running around so that by the time that you get to the point where God wanted to use you, you're too tired. Okay, all right. Like, do you, do, do you hear me? As a mother or a father, you're chasing a job at the prime time that your children are growing up. And by the time that they turn to 30 and 40, now you're ready to rest, but they've already been made into who they're supposed to be. But they went to church. Yeah, and they went to small group. But sir, mom, dad, there is no supplement for being a parent. Not even the other P word that is pastor. So maybe in our lives when things aren't popping off and everything's not crazy, maybe that's not a sign that things are failing. Maybe that's a thing that there's something so big that's coming that God just wants you to be settled with where you are. Somebody scream, be still. Be still. The people that are making money right now are not selling their houses. They're waiting. They're watching you sell your house. And as you sell your house and you begin to sell your car, all they're doing is they're not going down to the auto shop to pay for the car themselves. They're sending somebody that represents them to go and get the wealth of what's there. When you begin to tap into the kingdom, you start to show up as God's representative and not in your own strength. Because here's the problem. I only have as strength and money as what I can have. Whatever's in my savings account, that's, all the, that's the only power that I have. But if I stop chasing the dollar and chase the man that actually created it, now I have access to that through myself. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you're working too hard. There's a reason why the title of our city is called The Good Life. It's because the life that you want to achieve, you shouldn't have to work hard to get it. But religion, ever since... Adam has fallen away from grace. Your pastor said it last week. We have tried to set up system after system, trying to do the work of what only the blood could do, trying to get into grace with God. So the problem with religion isn't so much about what we call it, Presbytery, Lutheran. It's not about the name. It's this concept that you have been sold a process that doesn't even work. You have gotten more things done while waiting than you have been rushing. Oh, you want me to go there? I'll go there. I'll I'll go there. All the guys that you didn't marry. All of the girls that you didn't marry. And you see her or him and you say, Lord, have mercy. Thank you. Thank you. Because the process of waiting doesn't prove to you who you can have. It proves to you who you. Why is everybody getting married? Maybe it's because of the fact people are running away from you because you're actually a lot more weightier than you actually think you are. What if you waited and looked at yourself in the mirror and began to admire what God made? Instead of chasing something to change how you look on the outside, falling in love with what God made and saying, God, I'm willing to wait as long as it takes. Because you're not in time, which means that you see stuff that I don't see. You're not affected by time, space, and matter, which means that you see everything all at the same time. So if you've told me to wait, maybe I'm building strength by not doing anything at all. But the concept of building, is this good? The concept of building that we have been lied to is that the harder you work, the more you will gain. And it's not true. If it was true, people that have two or three jobs should be running the world. Conceptually. If chasing money gave you more, you wouldn't even be in this building. You'd be on a yacht somewhere. You'd be with Jeff Bezos about to go to the moon. Like money, if money wasn't an object, we wouldn't really care and we would just live our lives. But we will begin to join this rat race chasing something that God wanted us to have dominion over. So the question is, while Jesus is waiting, what is he doing? What is he doing for 18 years? Is it okay if I story tell this morning? I don't even care about my notes this morning. This is fun. Look at your neighbor and say, what is he doing for 18 years? If Jesus is the son of man, we understand that God didn't just get lonely and create the heavens and the earth. He had a plan the whole time. This conversation that there was infinite darkness before God. No, he was trying to figure out, man, like, I want something to love on, man. I need a plan to figure this thing out. You know what I'm saying? So look at your neighbor and say, Jesus had to have had a plan. These are the five questions in your time of waiting that if you do not answer them, you will never be 100 proof. Look at your neighbor and say, proof. Five questions. Write them down. It is impossible to teach a sermon about kingdom without teaching two things. Number one, that this idea came from our amazing Dr. Miles Monroe. And the second is that you cannot teach the kingdom without teaching about purpose. Here we go. The five questions that Jesus had to have answered as the son of God on earth were these. Who am I? Where am I from? What can I do? Why am I here? And where am I going? If you do not answer these five questions, sir, ma'am, 12-year-old, you will work your entire life attaining objects and having wealth, getting married, having the house, going on 2.5 vacations, but still not fulfill the purpose of God on your life. Jesus himself obeyed his mother and went and said, somebody say this, say, sat down. You are more good to God when you are still than when you're striving. God doesn't call us to strain. He calls us to have rest. God doesn't lead us by still waters and green pastures for us to think that we have to cut the grass. God doesn't lead you to a meal and make it in front, of, in front of your enemies and then tell you to cook it. 
God doesn't lead you into fields that he says he's going to give you the harvest of and then make you pick up a hoe. What does he tell you to do? Just wait. Just, just rest, bro. Just have peace. So maybe if you don't have rest, maybe if you don't have peace, maybe if you have high blood pressure, maybe if you have anxiety, huh, maybe if you can't actually fulfill the commitment that you did in marriage, Maybe you're working too hard. You ever asked that question before? Like, maybe. I'm tired. If you can't take a break from it, maybe you're a slave to it. Your nine to five is that important. Tonight's spaghetti night, Dad. Well, I got to get on this computer. So the money that you're making for a company that you will only get 1.5% over a 10-year span with the company is more important than eating spaghetti with the family? The word of God says that the house is your church, not your nine to five. God's going to ask you, how were you a mother or a father or a husband or a wife? He's not going to ask how you were at ABC Corporation. So we can begin working really hard to receive a reward from a company that cannot give you your just due. Let's look at these five questions. Somebody say five questions. Somebody say, I got five on it. The point of patience is to sit and learn as much as you can without the pressure of having to perform. You know the pressure of having to perform. You ever had to try to get something done and you didn't have proper practice? You start to sweat because you're not prepared. So let's raise your hand, look at the word wait, and connect it to patience, and let's put reward in the middle. If I wait and have patience, I won't have to work and the reward will actually be given to me. Here we go. Question number one. Somebody say, who am I? Who am I I is a question of identity. Who am I? Because once you realize who you are, you'll be able to attack where you come from. There is a reason why mental illness runs rampant through families. Mental illness is not always a spirit, and we can't just always pray for things. Some people really need someone to talk to. Yes, God is all-powerful, but if he was powerful enough to put the tree, I mean, to put, to put a chair inside of a tree, that's why he created psychologists and people. Some of the issues that you need in the house of God need to be supplemented with some medicine. It's not to say that you don't think that God isn't a provider, but why can't we believe that the God that provided manna from heaven can't provide you something through a person that listens to you? Going to your psychologist, going to your, psych- to, to your, to, to your psychiatric uh, person that helps you out, that's not to say that you don't trust God. You need to make sure that you're doing what you need to on earth while supplementing it with your prayer. We as the kingdom of people that, in, that are in this thing called the kingdom, like us as Christians, we would actually make it a lot quicker if we actually looked through our family lineage and figured out, who am I? Why do I become angry every time somebody says something to me? 99% of the time, it's not you. If you look back in your lineage, you'll see that you come from a family of hotheads. And once you understand where you come from, you lose yourself from who you can't be. There's a reason why my parents didn't sell me the dream that I could be like Deshaun and go D1. Because I'm not tall enough. But if my parents feed me the lie of potential, I will chase a life that God did not purpose me for. So look at your neighbor and say, who are you? So let's look at it. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. That's cool. That gives us goosebumps. What does that mean? If Jesus is the son of God, that means that everything that God displayed in all of his power in Genesis, Jesus can do the same thing. So maybe Jesus wasn't supposed to be in the synagogue, not because he was right, but maybe he realized maybe I need to get some more experience before I go into the synagogue. I am God, but maybe man needs to see me mature in order to hear what I have to say. Maybe you need to mature in your craft before you present it to the world. Somebody say, who am I? What's the second question that Jesus had to have answered? Somebody scream, where am I from? Where am I from is a question of heritage. There is a reason in our house that we eat biscuits with syrup. With breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's a reason why we put sugar in tea. There's a reason why every single side dish must be complemented with hot sauce and cornbread. (laughs) And if it's not, we got a problem. There's a reason. It's not because that's who we are. Where we come from 
That's how it works. Okay, 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 okay. There is a reason why when you go to heaven, you're only going to sing. Because in heaven, you're supposed to do what you should be doing here on earth, which is only worshiping. Man was not built to work. But the enemy has lied to you saying that you have to do work in order to worship God. But the word of God says that as I am waiting, I'm becoming stronger. So maybe the difference in between where you are from, Nebraska, Omaha, the United States, maybe the earth operates different than how heaven works. In heaven, there's no work. There's no toil. There's no frustration. There's no worry. And I'm not trying to sell you something like, well, got to get my bags and go to heaven. No. The point is this, is that God's want was to have heaven on earth. So maybe the way that we break the system isn't actually by voting somebody into a presidency that's just like us. Maybe it's about living on earth how it is in heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom, where? Where? As it is. Which means that your work means absolutely nothing to God. If you are too tired to be a mom or a dad, God is not pleased with how much money you bring to the savings account. He does not care. The point in why you work is so that you can reward your family with a life that was written in the book of God. Because think about it. God was never too tired to put down his work to work on you. I don't know any person in my life that has a hold-up weight testimony. They sound like this. God, I need you to meet me here right now. And God said, hold on, I'm, wake, I'm working on somebody else. I'll get to you. Every time I've ever needed God. Okay, they, they're, they're saved. They... Every time I've ever needed God. God has stopped what he was doing to come see about me. So if that's how it works in heaven, and where I am is from heaven, maybe I can get more done if I just sit down and shut my mouth and just wait on God. Jesus says, okay, who am I? My identity is I'm the son of God. So whatever God can do, I can do. He has to ask this question in 18 years. Where am I from? What's my heritage? My heritage is from heaven. There's no work there. There's no toil. There's no sickness. Third question that he asks is, what can I do? What's my potential? Because potential, if you add up all of your potential routes, they should, also, they should always point you back to your purpose. But what the enemy wants to do is he wants to present you with things that you can be so that you'll become too tired to be who you were called to be. This is why here at AWC Kids right now, we're teaching your kids to tap into the Holy Spirit to figure out who they are. And we don't apologize for the arguments you have at the house. You think that your son's going to go play in the NBA, and he's told you that he actually wants to be an actuary. Actuaries are the top millionaires right now in this year because they're doing your taxes and being paid premiums. So maybe some of the stuff that we hear that we think is crazy, if we waited long enough, it would prove itself to make sense. You took that job, and you're like, I don't, this is $13 below what I can get paid. But maybe you were there to be the person that's waiting in that organization that God can use to change the situation. Maybe you're looking at your family and like, I can't stand these folks. Like, like my, I, can't, I can't stand them. They're slow. What, like, what's going on? Maybe the point of your blessing isn't to try to push your family, but to sit and wait so that God can actually do what he needs to do in you so that you can be the change that they need. Look at your neighbor and say, stop working. Point number four. This question of why am I here? This is the question of purpose. This is the question that we really need to link into. Why am I here? Jesus has to understand that I'm supposed to bring people a new way of thinking. And the best way that I can teach people how to think different is by living different. The point of how you teach people that freedom is for them is by living the life of freedom. I want you to ask yourself a question. If your child on Monday morning at 11.30 ended up needing you, would you have the ability to close the laptop to be there, or would you think that you were losing something by closing your laptop? Well, I need the money. I need the job. 
Because we already talked about in our worship month that God will begin to not test you, but test your heart posture. What's more important to you? What's sitting on the throne of your heart? And if we allow for potential to sit on the throne of our heart, we'll chase things that are running away from us as quickly as we're trying to catch it. So Jesus had to have understood something. Maybe I'm better used submitting to my mother in the house than I am teaching the kingdom in the synagogue. Maybe if I wait for these 18 years, maybe the person that is able to be presented to the people will be so much different than a 12-year-old boy. Not to say that he wasn't as potent at 12, but maybe there were some things that he had to figure out before he was given to the people as a, as a presentation. The last question is this. Somebody asked this question, where am I going? This is the question of destiny. The point of Jesus coming on earth was to get back to the right hand of God the Father. That was the point. He comes to earth. He does his work. He gives freedom to man, and then he goes back to earth so that he could leave us, can somebody say, a helper who would allow God's want to happen on earth. The whole point of Jesus coming to earth was to leave. It wasn't to save you. It wasn't to save you from sin. That was a part of the process. The point was to bring a new thing called a government for us to live by. And Jesus understood something. Maybe people would have a bigger understanding of loving me if they found other people loving people. The answer to racism is not God. It's his plan that we love each other. Okay. The plan of healing sickness in the hospital is not God showing up to the hospital and saying, whatever the sickness is, go away. Maybe it's us taking the time as people to every time that you drive past children's hospital. You know how easy it is to have one hand on the wheel and do this? If you can sing Drake while driving with no hands, you can show with one hand. If you can do all of this with no hands while driving, you can focus in for the 10 seconds that it takes to pass the school and pray. God, every child in that school, matter what, wife, take the wheel. Every child in that school. You have to drive through North Omaha to go to the airport. Why not while you're driving, put that thing in autopilot with the car that you ask God for that has that feature? Put it in autopilot, and as you're driving down 80, put your hands out the windows and say, God, every single house that I pass, that your presence would reign over every single one of them. Matter of fact, right now, lift your hands right now. This, you are the same person that got everything in my life that's not working. Like, you got to figure this thing out. Like, come on, talk to him. Like, like you got to figure this thing out. We don't see or hear from Jesus for 18 years because as he's answering these questions, God is beginning to prove him. The longer Jesus waits, the more potent he is. Jesus waits for 18 years and does all the work of an entire generation in three years. Have you ever thought about the significance? He sat for 18, started his ministry at 30, and ended at 33. Maybe that's because, maybe that proves to us that working your nine to five from, for 40 years to only get 10 years of freedom, maybe not, might not be the. You mean to tell me that your salvation, your freedom, and the role of being a father is worth a cup and a, and a, and a watch? God's called us somebody to scream to be free. But we can mess this thing up in the process. So let's look at this thing called purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, what's in me? Okay. Now, as many of you know, I adore cooking. I absolutely love cooking. But there's this, there's this thing that comes with cooking that's called a process. Can somebody say process? Okay. So these are all what? Ingredients. Based off of these ingredients, I can only make one dish. That's jambalaya. I mean, I, got, I didn't want to put no shrimp and beef because y'all would be like, um, I don't want to waste. I'm going to use this, Vanessa, I'm going to use this. We're going to make stir fry this week. All right. I've got peppers. I've got oil. I've got arroz, Spanish. There you go. And then I got this thing called chicken broth. And based off of what is here, if I follow a recipe, I should get a certain product. Correct? That product, if I do it correctly, Go ahead and smell this. Smell good, don't it? Smell good, don't it? 
By the end of it, if I add chicken, green onions, shrimp, sausage, and a lot of thyme, this is what I'll get. This is jambalaya. But what happens when I cut the process because I don't know what's in me and I don't have the time to wait? I will settle for what's cheap. Hear my heart. Please hear my heart. Please, please hear my heart. I'm trying to teach you something. What are you saying? I can't use Zatarans? I'm not telling you. Our heritage, where we're from. That's where we're from. Where we're from. If it comes from a box, it's where we're from. Not saying that what you do is wrong. But if I don't know who I am, and I don't have the time, because this, this takes three and a half days to make. Okay. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. Like, I'm really trying to help you. If I don't have the patience, the presentation that will actually keep you fuller longer, that will keep in the refrigerator longer, and won't just sit out on your stovetop and grow mold, you will cut the process in half to eat something that was prepackaged for you that tells you it can only feed four people. But if I do this correctly, this will feed me and my wife for a week and it'll feed my family. And when I walk into the office tomorrow, all of the staff, I'll have jambalaya for you. Why? Because I realized maybe if I wait, the product will be more powerful after it's done. There's a reason why Thanksgiving in some people's houses starts on Monday. I'm trying to help you. you, like you there's a reason why we don't start prepping the turkey for like two weeks. But isn't the turkey going to get spoiled? Not if there is a process. And we will begin to serve the world. Something that's supposed to take two days, something in 30 minutes. And we'll ask God, where are you? God, I thought that you were going to prove to these people who I am. And God says the whole thing wasn't about proving the process. It was about me proving you as an individual. Because you can't use this and use this at the same time. Because the, the instructions on here don't call for any of this. This does not mix with who God has called you to be. That's why the word of God says, choose therefore this day who you will serve. Either you're going to eat something that is going to call high diabetes, I mean, high blood pressure, diabetes, and we're going to have to chop that thing off once you get to like 60 or 70. Or you can use what I planted in the earth that is actually real. But if you keep choosing religion, you are inadvertently choosing to eat this. And this will kill you. They put the sodium in here knowing how much the body can take. And they hope that you drink three or four, you eat three or four boxes of this a day. So that way when you die, I can come repossess your house and start the process with your children that are younger. This is the system of sickness. Vegetables have never killed anybody. But if you don't know what you're made of, you'll make anything out of anything. This is so good that you can eat it cold. Hear me. You can freeze this. And in two, we, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm pop the bubble. If you've ever eaten at my house, the greens that you think that I've eaten, I have not made any greens in my house. They are greens that my mother, my, grand, my mother and my grandmother put in bags five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Well, how do they taste so fresh? They were patient. They waited and they learned the process. When you cheat the process of becoming who God has called you to be, you end up presenting the world to you in this form.
I'm only as good as the contents of the box. I'm only as good as this. So our life expectancy goes down because we're eating processed foods. Because it doesn't matter what you do, even if you cut the process in half, you're still going to consume it. So it's either you're going to wait 18 years and make this thing happen based off of what God gave you, or you're going to use the next 18 years being patient as you're taking insulin. Choose. Make your choice. Do you want to deal with the inconvenience of chopping up some vegetables? Or is saving two days worth two years of fighting sickness and disease? Make your decision. The reason why people in the kingdom are healthy is because we're not working. We're waiting. Because this is the process. Rice worth eating has to cook. And you don't just pour, please tell, please tell me you don't just pour rice in a pot and cook it. Because it has to, like the, the rice actually has to be proven as well. That's why we wash it. You don't just take a bite out of the pepper. What do you do? You wash it first, I hope. And if you don't have the right utensils, you'll hurt yourself in the process of making this. So maybe the kingdom is more so about, not so much about what you're producing, but who you are producing. Because if I'm to the point now where I'm cooking, I don't need a recipe. The process is in and who I am. So when I go to the grocery store, I know exactly what to pick up. I can even ask my wife to go pick it up. And because she's watched me enough, she knows how to do it. The point of your life in the kingdom is, 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 is to be able to do it as easily as you were enslaved to sin. It was easy to sin. You didn't think about it. You should be able to believe, to live freely the same way. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to present myself to a world that's dying... The first time I present myself to them, I want it to be the best version of who I am. Why, why, why settle? Why settle for this? This is why purpose is so important, because you can get this anywhere, but you can only get this from me. You, you, you can't get this from no, and trust me, is it good, Vanessa? Go crazy, don't it? Why? Because I did the process, and the only way that God's kingdom on earth earth actually happens on earth is if you present it God's not coming to earth to do anything he just wants to know are you willing to wait on me to supply you with what you need or are you going to cut my process short and give them a great value version of what is supposed to be great so for 18 years Jesus understands who he's supposed to be, and he's getting his ingredients. He's learning his ingredients. He's learning what's supposed to go in what. Because you can, you can literally destroy a recipe based off of what you add in it. Baking soda and baking powder are two different things. It's the difference between eating a, a muffin and a flapjack. But I put all the stuff in it. No, you began to cut corners. And religion promotes a life of cutting corners. You want God's grace? Get your sins taken care of rather than just waiting on God. But this, if I serve this to as many people as we did yesterday, there's still enough for me. There's a portion in your life that can't be given away if you go through the process. But if you cut the process short, you'll give everything away, including your soul. And you'll have nothing else to give the world. Your product will be out there and people will steal your name. There are songs that are being written right now that you think Elvis wrote. Everybody's like, uh-huh. It's this process of understanding that maybe what God wants to do in your life isn't about what comes out of it. It's about how you sit and wait on him. Last point. Somebody say proper practice promotes growth. Luke 2, 51 through 52. Then he entered to Nazareth with them after he's left and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her. Somebody say heart. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and in favor with who? 
God and people. This is the last thing I want to share with you. Pursuing purpose isn't so much about the success as it is about the personal development. It's not about creating a product. It's not about writing a book. It's not about, I'm going to get married so I can show the world. Maybe it's because of the process that you go through that gives you a product to give the world. Because when you buy a microwave, you're not buying a microwave. You're buying convenience. When you buy a flight somewhere, you're not buying a flight somewhere. You're buying time. So maybe when God wanted us to purchase this thing called love, hope, dominion, and power, we weren't supposed to work for it. We were supposed to wait for it. It's, the op- it's backwards. The longer this sits in the oven, ooh, the gooder and gooder it gets. The lower, the lower temperature I put it on, the longer it cooks, the longer it takes the rice to suck up all the juice and the seasoning so that every time you microwave it, it tastes the same. The product that God wants in your life to come out of it, it should be the same every time. It shouldn't dip down because you're frustrated or dip down because your marriage is going through. The product of freedom in your life should be consistent. That's the reason why you go to your favorite restaurant, because your burger comes to you the same way every time. And I promise you the chef is going through. I promise you the chef is dealing with anxiety and depression, but nothing about how he feels is changing the product. You're supposed to be so free in your life that no matter what you're going through, God can still speak through your life. And people have to ask these kinds of questions, Nancy. Like, but didn't you lose a baby last week? Isn't your son addicted to like a whole bunch of stuff? Weren't you just like evicted from your house? And because you know how to wait on God, if I had it before, I can get it again. And I'm not going to work for it. I'm just going to wait on God. People that try to push you out of the presence of God have never waited on him before. Maybe Job's wife wasn't killed with everything because that was actually the test of if he would wait. You ever thought about that? The devil took everything except his wife. And what did she say? Why don't you just curse the Lord? It ain't working. Maybe that was supposed to be the final straw that broke him. But Job said what? I'm just going to wait. Because waiting has, on God has never produced anything bad in my life. Has it, has it ever produced anything bad? Anybody? Raise your hand in the room where, where waiting on God produced terrible things in your life. Like, I waited on God and it didn't work out. I waited on God and it didn't figure itself out. I waited on God and it didn't get to where I wanted to get. It says that he grew in what? Wisdom, stature, and favor. The process of waiting on God, you should be proven. This is the proof of purpose right here. I probably should have been the sermon title. This is the proof of purpose. Your waiting process should produce in you wisdom, stature, and favor. I want you to write these down. The point of purpose in waiting isn't to produce a product. It's not about the book. It's not about the album that nobody downloaded on SoundCloud. I'm sorry, sir. I know I get it. But, like, that's not the point. Maybe the end product is on inside of you and you can't sell it. So let's write these down. Because it says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. Maybe the point of your waiting is so that when the idea does come, you're able to still have the judgment to choose your family over the lucrative part of your business. Maybe the reason why you've been in the basement writing down this business plan for so long is so that when the offer comes for a million dollars, when the offer comes to partner, you'll still have the ability to wait on God and say, yeah, but my family. Somebody say stature. Stature is importance. It's reputation gained by the ability of achieving waiting. Your name will be heard louder and longer if you wait on God. Because as hard as you work, that's all that people are going to know is how hard you work. But if God, who doesn't have an energy source, works on your behalf, you'll become bigger than you could ever experience. AWC's reach isn't just because we have amazing leaders. Pastor Martin was, was willing to wait almost 30 years of his natural life before he actually saw what God showed him in his head as a, as, as a kid. Pastor Martin saw this. 12, 7, 13. He saw this at 13 and waited 
and worked with God, not on his own. Wisdom, stature, favor. Somebody say favor. If the point of your work doesn't get you favor with God and people, it's not worth it. Your work should provide you more time to be with your family. That's the point of working. Your sleepless nights should provide you time to rest. Your financial freedom should actually give you mental freedom. You shouldn't be worried about bread. So if, if the process is already broken, then maybe we should ask for our, we should ask to have favor with God rather than with man. 